two interracial couples on a quest where fantasy and the real world collide. This is When Crit Happens. Welcome back to Rakatima, everybody. Woo! I am your dungeon master, Torsten David Johnson, eBay, and I am joined today by Joshua. What it do, y'all? Joshua David Robinson, he, they, coming at you as Titan, a yabelt. And Deanna? Hello, I'm Deanna, they, she, and I am Jessu, she, her. And Jessu, who may not even remember her name at the moment. Actually, still. And Kylie. Hey, y'all. Kylie Marie Brinkman, she, her, playing Josephina Wick, goes by Joe, also she, her. Okay, so we're getting ready to launch the podcast soon <laughs> Wait, i thought we were in the show now we're in the show we're in the show this is the pre-show banter question this is very different than the pre-show podcast which we just I don't recorded understand. so and if you want that you have to join the patreon this is the pre-show banter question you haven't seen my script i uh, know so i'm wondering and i'm sure you are all aware of this by now but we recorded a bunch of sessions before we even launched the podcast so we haven't we don't even have our website up right now, but it's going to happen <laughs> yes, so soon. I have it up. What? I've made it and I put it up. Please, if you have done that, I am so grateful to I you. I didn't do Thank it. Thank you. Please get your hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I basically am, am curious if any of you three have thoughts for our audience. What kind of thoughts? I don't know. Thoughts, <laughs> questions. I'm, this is why I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this because this is episode seven. Uh huh. So I'm thinking. If when people are listening to this, they will have spent like more than 10 hours why with are us you here? at this point. I, I'm thinking so much, but also right? why are you here? Right? Like, <laughs> I am so honored. Thank you. Thank, thank you for you getting to Literally, thank seven. you so much. I would like to personally shake your hand, but also yeah. exactly. why are badge. you there here? badges <laughs> as you listen to more episodes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So maybe we'll have I don't know, something special for you. Ooh. <laughs> extra, extra bonus. Maybe we'll just release that pre-show podcast that we just recorded. Maybe for, we will uh, release my ASMR podcast that I've been plugging for so long. Truly, years. That would be that would be great. <laughs> yeah, that's a pet project, though, right? I don't have to. No, that one. no, no, no. It's it's sponsored by this podcast. By this podcast. ASMR sponsored by When Crit Happens. <laughs> Click like so and subscribe. Official. Please okay. go and buy all of our merchandise so we can fund my ASMR podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. So last session began in a tough spot. Jasu, as you lost your grasp on reality, your consciousness was thrust into an unknown place. Not a good enough reason to use the word thrust. <laughs> I changed that word several times. <laughs> I couldn't decide what verb it is. Titan, you were trying to help her where she lay in the murky water when her body was suddenly torn from you and down into the depths. <gasps> Joe, you heard Titan call for help and you stopped chasing the last Koro soldier to return to the courtyard. What was that hoe's name again? Yeah. June. It was June. Oh, shit, it was that's June. Right. Yes. My dog. <laughs> that's why I wasn't going to say anything. Both of you at different times dove deep into this pool and found various glimmering objects. Titan, you found a circle of glowing magic symbols 
surrounding a large broken stone at the bottom. And Joe, you found a shiny crystal that bears a striking resemblance to the one that your father gave you. When faced with the prospect of going down in the water as well, Yama mentioned that he always suspected there was a basement that might get close to the bottom of the pool. He led you up to the highest room of the tower, which is flush against the sheer wall of the mountain peak, where you found an old chest that looked like it had been recently forced open. You took the contents, including money, contracts, and an empty imprint of a key. All which while I was dead. You already had. Yes, yes, uh, all as uh, as you hesitated. But you, you took it quickly. You took it all very, very fast. <laughs> so fast, yo, so fast. Uh, meanwhile... Jasu, you found yourself in an altered state, one in which your consciousness was aware of somebody else, and somehow you conversed with them. I imagine Jasu in a womb in that last episode. Mm. Yeah. Evocative. They told you that you were the first person that they had ever encountered there. They didn't know their name, how long they'd been there, or much of anything, except that some of the things you said started to bring back memories. In your discussion, they told you that because you have a body, they could help you. They could become the spirit that empowers you. Boo. But you would have to give up your connection to Suleon. I give up nothing. Who they insisted on calling Ion. Not their name. And then they told you if someone activated the power of the magic circle by saying your true name, they would bring you out of this circle of binding and would have control over you until you learned your name again. Back in the tower, Yama opened a Terran door in the stone wall of the mountain. Inside was a chamber with several maps on the wall from long ago. On one side was another door that Yama said led to Terra and the viewpoint high above at the peak's top, but you looked around and found a door on the other side that the forge key opened for you. Mm. Another room containing blueprints for this very structure led to a long staircase down. At the bottom was a room that housed many interesting objects, but the most striking was the giant stone that had fractured the roof. In the ceiling surrounding it, same glowing symbols that you had seen at the bottom of the pool, Titan. And Joe, while standing here, you said, Jasu. Indeed. Hey, what's up? And she came out, fell. poached just my head out of the little thing, <laughs> and I said, Hey, what's up? Terrifying. How's it going? Uh, you were birthed. <laughs> I'm being birthed. Hold on. I'm currently You're being birthed. birthed. <laughs> just give me a second. Yeah. She tumbled out of the magic circle on the ceiling down onto the floor of the chamber in front of you. And that is where we are now. Whoa. Jasu! Jasu! Um, Titan rushes over and checks to see if Jasu is breathing. Jasu, you are greatly weakened. You hear somebody calling to you and checking on you. Mechanically, you have one hit point, cool. but you're also very disoriented. You're not sure what happened, where you are, and... You don't recognize the voice speaking to you. You don't recognize the face looking at you. And then you realize that you don't even know your own name. Where am I? Oh, thank sweet house mother. Jasu, you're, you're, we, it was a whole thing. We went to go check on some dirty ass water and stuff. And then you got, 
that hoe June stabbed you right in your chest when you was just trying to like you know teach her a little something something and she ran off but we gonna get her we gonna get her Jesus. we gonna get her I think I'm like kind of crawling sort of away from Titan not Mm. like just very hesitant and looking around and trying to catch my bearings and figure out what the fuck Mm -hmm. if there's anything that looks familiar at all yeah or so it's starting to come back as soon as you hear this name repeated jasu jasu and then it's clear titan is is speaking to you jasu is your name something clicks and things start to come back and now you are putting the pieces together and you recognize Titan's face now and, and Titan's voice and you're starting to get these flashes of memories from the past few days. Is the staff, is Jasu's staff in the room or like? Yeah, all of Jasu's equipment and everything is with her. Like she's holding it or like it tumbles out. I guess I'm curious if Jasu recognizes her own staff or not. Mm. I don't. Interesting question. I don't think it's in my hand. I don't think anything's in my hand. I think I'm. I'm still looking, and I look at you, Titan, and then I look to you, Joe, and I don't say anything. I just look around, and then I just start crying. Mm. Mm. Oh, it's it's okay, Jasu. You're you're safe now. And uh, Yama steps up to you and and kneels down and pulls out a a little flask of water for you. Yeah, I think Joe finds Jasu's staff and can recognize that like something like they're in shock even like they obviously don't joe doesn't quite know what's happening but they like recognize that jasu seems to be in shock or confused so i kneel down and i just kind of lay the staff out like open hands to her i don't think i take it right away i think i take the water and i look at yama and i go yama you're yama yes i am yama very good you uh where were you? I. What was it like in there? I don't. I don't know. Oh. Is everyone? Are you all okay? Are we okay? Are we okay? Just leave it to one of them Sulianese people to literally be dead. And the first question out of her mouth is, "Are you okay? Are you okay, Jesu?" I think at the Sulianese that triggers a little bit of things for me, where I'm like remembering more of our convert the conversation that just happened, mm-hmm. and I think I glance over at the staff and also my hand as like a comfort. My hand had a mark of Sulian on it, mm. a tattoo or a birthmark, really. Yeah, what uh, has anything changed about the physical marking? Jesu, or is it still there? So I think Jesu first sees the staff and it's there and it's fine mm-hmm. and is reaching out her hand, which is when she notices she looks down at it. Mm-hmm. And I think she's always sort of just taken it for granted. She was born with three marks that look like sun rays, mm. and it was what designated her as prophet. And I think at first she isn't sure because it might just be shadow. But I think that those rays are no longer there. There's a black mark and maybe it looks like a cloud, but to Jasu, it just looks like ink on her hand. Wow. Is your hand okay? I don't know. You're staring at your hand. Did did you hurt? Uh, I think Titan would go up to like hold Jasu's hand to be like, "Let let me see, is it hurt? I let you touch it. I, I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So look, look, look. There gonna be time to to figure out what's going on, but we just we just need to get you out of here and we need to rest. Okay. You. you, you I can't believe that you're actually back here with us. I was so scared. It was so. But we're gonna get. We're gonna get them. The person who did this to you. But that's that's for a, uh, for a later day. Okay. We just gonna yeah, get you out of here okay. and get you rested. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure that uh, we'll discuss various forms of uh, brutal... Vengeance. Vengeance. Brutality. And, yeah. Uh, yes. <clears throat> but I think everyone is tired. It just seems like everyone is It's just tuckered out. So what do you say if we... You tuckered. I, I brought some, some snacks. We could sit down and, and just take a little... Take a fiver. Great. Yeah. Does this look like a, pl- a cool place to chill out for a second? Yeah, so this is certainly... Far away from the outside, you didn't see any other entrances, and nor does it seem likely that there are any other entrances down here. The room itself is interesting. There's what looks like a big furnace or forge that I think you would all recognize as being of Terran construction. The Terran people make a lot of magical objects and have various industries for the creation of magic Mm -hmm. and this looks very much like one of those it looks like it runs on wood there's a big wood box to one side and you peer inside and it looks like there's old pieces of wood still in that wood box other than that it's got various pipes and things that seem to be conduits related to both getting rid of the smoke but also channeling energy and they lead to this pedestal where you found that magical staff titan yeah yeah i forgot did i i took did i take the staff yeah you grabbed that i took that i got this pretty (laughs) but as far as there being any danger in here it seems unlikely it seems like it's a it's a pretty decent place to why don't we spend some time why don't we rest here for a little bit get you get you you know patched up a little jaysu and then we'll get the heck out of here okay yeah okay where where did you go you got sucked down like I, i had you in my arms and we were in the water you remember that you were in the water, and then something just pulled you away, and you were just gone. Jesu doesn't respond to you and is just looking at her hands mm. and rubbing the mark on it. She doesn't take the staff, and she doesn't really seem to be mm. remotely responsive to anyone. Okay. So Yama takes out some snacks, and he's got a little camp stove that he brought with him. And takes out a little tinderbox and, and lights up this, this little camp stove. It looks like he was picking up some some pine cones and things to, to tuck in there to get to get this little fire going. And he goes up over to this this forge and let me see here. I think if, if I were out behind the flue, right? And this big grinding sound. Oh, okay. And uh, and you hear you feel a, a rush of air swirl through as he's opened up the flue to this furnace and uh and now there's there's airflow and and the smoke from his little camp stove is getting pulled out of the room and he cooks you up some some soup all right he took the pine nuts out of those pine cones and it's pine nut soup (laughs) i think before joe starts eating her soup seeing jasu and noticing the slash from the knife and like seeing the condition that Jasu is in goes and like kind of puts her hand on Jasu and is like, I'm so sorry. I, 
I went after him, Jasu. I tried. I went after him, and I missed him, but we're going to get him. I'm so sorry. And she kind of feels ashamed that she couldn't rectify the situation in any way. Jasu doesn't immediately respond, or she doesn't look at you, but she says quietly, I don't think that vengeance is necessary. I, it's fine. We're okay. Mm. It's fine. And with that, I think... Joe just turns around and grabs a bowl of soup for Jasu and one for herself and yeah. just sits in silence eating. <laughs> With my big ass fucking. <laughs> With your trunk <laughs> in the bowl. Trunk, yeah. <laughs> All sad. Just very sad sips going on right now. There will be plenty of time to talk. Sometimes a bit of rest is good before one tries to delve too deep. But... There does seem to be time to talk about that, Titan. Yeah, it's pretty, ain't it? Yes. And it kind of goes with my outfit, which is surprising. Like, you don't expect to th find things that go with your outfit this well, just randomly floating in the middle of rooms in the forest. I suppose so. I hadn't really thought of its uh, colors. Aesthetics, yes. Do you, do you call that, uh, I don't know, fashion or um, sty style? Would that be a fashion? I think vibe. I think v vibe. Just so that we are aware, vibe. This billion-year-old man doesn't know the word fashion. Fashion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I I may have once known of such things, but uh, living in a hole in in the mountain by myself for <laughs> for eons has limited my access to certain vocabulary. Anywho. Yeah, can I do like a? I have not. Uh, do you know? Have you seen this before? Do you know what this is? Is it special? I did not know it still existed. Oh, you do know what it is. What is it? Tell me. Ah. Ooh, story time. This. Sit around and gather around the campfire. We are already gathered. It's a very small campfire. It's just pine cones. We're camping. It's a fire. It's fine. <laughs> Speak. But, oh, actually, there's some wood in there. We could pull it out. He pulls out some of the old wood. He's like, oh, this is this is dry, but it seems like there's no no bacteria down Distracted here. Distracted so easily. Joe could totally like... light a fire, but because I already offended Yama that one time by infusing essential oils, I'm just letting him prove that he can start this fire. Amazing. <laughs> you could have let him spend well, 30 minutes this old man. You wouldn't be warm if it weren't for me. Yep. You need me. <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, yes, the Tempest Bringer. A relic of the Koro family. Some might even say that it was for a time the symbol of their power, at least when they were in power here on the Storm Coast. You see, it has magical properties and is made with a true gem. It is very old, and a symbol and also a tool, calling lightning. And Some say that it was because of this, this object that they were able to make the storm clouds cross over the storm crest and drop their rain upon the barren lands as well, which ever since this object was lost have, as the name suggests, been barren and dry and not grown much that is of use to those of us that like to eat food. <laughs> Where are these barren lands? Like, is that something? Yeah, you've heard of the barrens. They're just over the mountain range. Okay. It's on the, like on the far situation, side. Seattle situation, just the other side of the mountain range. It's, it's very dry. Oh, yeah, wow. basically the mountains make all the clouds drop their moisture and everything on the other side is quite dry. Ooh, environment knowledge. Nice little, yeah. <laughs> 
Does my rubbing on my ink black hand do anything? Does it? Am I slowly fading the ink mark? You know, or is it? You're the one who invented the ink mark, so <laughs> that is completely up to you. It's not a. The answer is no, everyone, because it's not ink. But I'm still trying. Mm-hmm. I think because I see Jasu doing this, and so like I think it's ink. Mm. I like touch her hand, and I I use prestidigitation to like try to clean it off for mm-hmm. her in a very final way, and I guess my my cantrip didn't work. It must be really strong. It looked like a birthmark to me. Why are you rubbing on your birthmark? I... That wasn't there before. There was something there before. Hmm. I go back to rubbing it. You know, I had I had a friend back in Pure who would do this. They had to they had to rub seven times and turn around in circles three times before hmm. they could go into a door. Was it a magic door? I don't, I just any door, not imagine, it was just oh, gotcha, any door. Gotcha. No, I'm sorry, I was, was confused like, uh, because you see there are certain doors that I know of that you have to. <laughs> it's like they had to count. Okay. They had to count a certain times and then do a thing. Is that what's, is that what's happening? Like you, but you just, I'm sorry, you know, live, live because you just died. Do, do what you need to do. Mm, I died? Yes. I did die, didn't I? I think I should pray. Mm. I think Jesu is like, I didn't immediately pray mm. upon waking and now she's feeling extra guilty Mm. and she just closes her eyes crosses her legs takes the staff for the first time Mm -hmm. places it upon her lap Mm -hmm. puts her palms face up across it and starts trying to pray Mm. well at least we know she's kind of back to normal (laughs) (laughs) joe takes out the crystal that she found in the water mm. and just compares it to the staff that Titan has. Sure. Yeah, uh, different. Okay. They're, yeah, not a true gem. This, okay. the crystal that you found is very similar to the one that your father gave you. Yes, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesu, what does, I think we talked about this a little bit last episode from the other direction. What What does it normally feel like when you pray? I think I associate it with lightness as in airiness, as in floating. Mm. I don't associate it with any sort of deep breath so much as a, a bringing up. Okay, no, that's and very so interesting. And so I settle in and I'm trying to find my airy, light peace again. And I think one of the things that you might feel is your bones come into phenomenal alignment with each other and you feel... Like there is, are you sitting? Mm-hmm. You feel rooted to the ground and like your body is an extension of the ground connected through the points of your body that are touching the stone beneath you. And it's it's as if you are rising up, but you feel energy. It's because of this energy that is that is moving down that you're able to rise up. Okay. I think she doesn't know whether or not to find that even disconcerting or comforting. And she just continues to try and pray. All right. Awesome. Long rest, long rest. Yes. Long rest. So while you're resting, after everybody's had some soup, (laughs) Yama is looking around and he says, you know, the thing that's strange to me about this staff, and he's looking between the furnace and these like kind of pipe-like things coming down from the, the pedestal that it was on over to the other, the far wall. He says, it seemed like some of those drawings. I, I wonder. And he uh, he runs up the stairs into the, the other room that you just passed through to get here. And he comes back with all of these drawings from that room. There's blueprints of 
this chamber and how the, this whole chamber was constructed. And these conduits seem to be linking this room with the viewpoint high above. Hmm. What? Sorry, conduit, what does that mean? So somehow they were trying to connect the viewpoint up at the peak of this mountain okay. with this staff and with this magical furnace so that there was some kind of connection between the those like a two literal, places. like a like a tele, like a physical connection that you can go from one to the other, or oh, I don't think it looks like a teleportation device. Mm. I mean, the Tempest Bringer was always about calling lightning and calling. And, you know, the myth was that it could bring a storm cloud. I don't know if that's true or not, but I I, I don't think it's teleportation. Well, what do you think it is? Oh, I, I'm really not sure. I'm curious though. Perhaps when everybody's gotten some rest, we could go take a look. Well, think on it. You know, rest on it. Dream about it. See what you want to do. Oh, Titan is elegantly asleep with her eyes, <laughs> op- with their eyes open. Uh, okay. Elegantly. Okay, great. Elegantly, elegantly asleep. asleep. It's like, you know, it's like somehow they found a pile of rocks that looks like they're laying down on, on a divan, like uh-huh. on a day bed. And they're just... <laughs> oh, did you want... I brought some pillows. Some pillows you just... <sighs> Okay, no. <laughs> I think that at some point upon praying, being unable to find the lightness, I possibly too quickly come out of prayer and just start trying to look at anything and everything that's not about me. Sure. Yeah. yeah I feel like Joe feels pretty cozy in this little cavern, surprisingly so. That like she's surrounded by a crew of people. She has a purpose. Mm-hmm. And she's not in her own chaos of her own home. Mm-hmm. And this feels like a very singular mission, which I think is a comfort mm. to her. So it feels easy yeah. to drift off to sleep. Great. Hey, everyone. Hope you're enjoying the show. We're changing things up a little bit this time and shouting people out in the middle of the episode instead of at the end. This week, I'm going to read a five-star review we got from someone named FJBK2020, who writes, So fucking dope! F-asterisk-K-N, so fucking dope! Love this show, and you should too! Thanks, FJBK! I'm really curious what the FJ stands for, not gonna lie. So, if you leave us a review, we'll read it on the podcast too. And if you want yours read by a particular cast member, be sure to say so. We even feature our favorite reviews on our website, which is, in fact, live now. Speaking of things we want you to know about, we are really looking forward to offering merch. We got a few samples in recently, and they look really, really, really stinking cool. So we'd love to hear from you about what kind of merch you're most excited about. Shirts, hoodies, mugs, totes, let us know. Okay, thanks everyone. Now back to the show. Okay. So, whether it's fitful rest or elegant rest, you all fall asleep and in the morning wake up to the smell of some lovely acorn coffee. Acorn mm. juice, acorn emulsion, <laughs> acorn. I guess it's really a suspension, they, right? You know, yeah, they, they used to tell me that I had to call it acorn beverage, something about the, the legals of it. But anyway, it, it'll perk you right up. And uh, and you get a little wooden mug <laughs> thrust into your hands. So I was doing some 
perusing of these diagrams while you all were getting your beauty rest. And did it work? Well, I want the beauty rest. <laughs> oh, darling, you you don't even need it, darling. <laughs> oh, Yama. But I was stop. going to say I didn't want to pry. You see, but I wanted to cross-examine some of the things here with those papers that you picked up out of that chest. Oh, sure. Could I look at those alongside these? Yeah, of course. That I'm going to hold on excellent. to the money, though, but you can take the papers. Oh, oh, sure. Yep. I don't generally use money. Great. <laughs> and so he takes these papers out and he starts to look at them. Uh, and you see that they're mostly, they all look the same. And just looking over them quickly, they look like contracts. Contracts between the Koro family and various people. He says, oh, yes, it is as I was suspecting these are all Terran people that Cora was employing to build these these tunnels here, this room that we're in and operate this furnace. Do Terrans normally work with above world folk? Oh yes, you know. I mean okay. we're very cosmopolitan. Mm. We uh we know how to, to make a buck. I used to back when I needed money. Mm. I was good at making bucks. What do you mean you don't need money? Well, you saw where I live. I just, uh, my friends are the squirrels. I'm also your friend now, Yama. Oh, 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 I see, I see. Yeah, I'm, you're off I'm, the grid, got it. I'm off the grid, as as you might say, yes. Uh, it's been a while, so uh, sorry if, if I... <laughs> If I uh, have lost some sense of Did you just fart? societal decency. <laughs> Did he just fully just rip a new one? Yep. You know what? Let him live. But you, you look down at these papers, and one of them does look different. Everybody go ahead and give me an intelligence check. You can use history... <laughs> Oh great! Yeah, you're gonna ask us to roll initiative. I was maybe gonna... Arcana. All these charisma-based characters. Uh, <laughs> intelligence. Yeah. A twelve. Okay. Five. Right. Eighteen. Yeah. Yes. All right. Good job. Yes. Good job, Joe. So, Titan, you're looking here, and you can see that these contracts are to build a conduit to the viewpoint for ten gold pieces a week, which lines up with those purses of money that you found. Right. Jasu, you see this thing that, that's kind of scrawled on one of these diagrams. It says, amplify the tempest bringer to any spot within sight and no limit to the size of the storm, which is what Joe saw the previous day on the way past. Mm. Now that you're looking at it a little bit closer, you see that it's talking about from the viewpoint. So what you could do at the viewpoint, then amplifying the Tempest Bringer to any spot within sight, which as you're looking at this diagram is a very, very long way because the viewpoint looks out over the entire region. Mm. And so it seems like it's somehow amplifying that magical object to extend to an extremely far distance, making it much more powerful. And Joe... You are looking at all of these documents and you see that the symbol on the on like the bottom corner of all the blueprints lines up with one of these contracts, the contract that looks different. This contract is from the Honori House of Learning and it's addressed to the Koro family, to to Baron Koro, and it's you look and it's giving the family several years of service from a powerful mage. 
And as you look it over, it seems it seems kind of odd. They're not asking for much money for either the mage or for themselves. And there is a stipulation that the mage and Anori itself have complete insulation from any legal ramifications of their actions. Oh, God. And it's signed by the Council of Regents. Have we heard of the Anori House of Learning up until this point? You are riding on a, an 18 intelligence check? Yep. Yes. You know that the Houses of Learning are kind of like universities in Aegir. So I don't think you've ever been to Aegir, but because your mom is from Aegir, you've heard various things about it. And you know that the Houses of Learning are where people gather information, gather skills. It's, it's They're kind of like a library and trade union rolled into one. And do I, from what I know about the Houses of Learning in Aegir, is it pretty commonplace mm-hmm. for them to be doing business with the mainland? It's not unheard of. Okay. So something like this isn't immediately a, a huge surprise that something like this would go on, especially with, with a powerful family, which, you know, the Koros ostensibly were powerful at this time. But you definitely have never heard of something like this. It's They're, they're basically asking for like legal immunity in Arboreus. So as you're looking at this Titan, you see this as well. And you do recognize the name Anori. Mm-hmm. You know that the Anori House of Learning is the institution that your father oh, was boy. connected to. Oh, of course. Oh, oh. Don't be saying, oh, like you know, but I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, this seems weird. So this symbol from this contract is on all of these blueprints. And why would an- the Anori House of Learning why would they need they're asking for immunity from any kind of like legal ramifications that may fall upon them like i think i don't understand what maybe they wanted to be able to test their knowledge without any possible backlash mm, like a like some kind of scientific experiment mhm you know those anoris they don't tend to care too much about what happens to those they consider a little less than them Knowledge above all else. I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> wow, that seems you, deeply personal. Yeah, you seem to have a connection. No, no, she's talking what about. Do you know about the Anori? Would you like to talk about it? We could pray together. You want to pray to Sulian? You want me to pray to Sulian with you? No, I think I'm good. I think we're getting off topic. So, <laughs> do you know anything about the Anori? I, I mean, I know they're a house of learning in Ajir, but that's all. That's all I know. You know about the houses of learning. They they be, you know. Kind of secretive. Great cities and stuff be gathering around houses of learning. They're great for the economy. Great for furthering a progress and all that stuff. But like at what cost, right? At what cost? Mm. That's all I have to say about it. Okay. Mm. So on this contract, does it is it just say Anori House of Learning? There's nobody's name on it? Yeah, so it's it signs like like this was written and it's all ratified and everything by the, the Council of Regents and the name of the mage is there who's being hired. Aramaeus Woolton. Aramaeus Woolton. Is the Council of Regents a a jeer body? Of governance or... Yeah, so the the Council of Regents is kind of a sanctified body in Aegir for various institutions. So it's not like there's one Council of Regents. So this is the Council of Regents of 
the honore, if that makes sense. So it's like each each house of learning, mm-hmm. the houses of government, various institutions in Aegir have a council of regents that will kind of make decisions for them. Great. So Aramaeus Walton, can I just do a history check to see if I've heard that name before? Yeah, go for it. This is the person who was granted to come stay here? Yeah, this is the mage that they hired. Mage. Okay, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. So I've got a 15 history to know who to have any connection with Aramaeus Walton. Okay. Great name. (laughs) At first, you don't think so. And then... You feel like you remember. Oh no, it's a sixteen. I don't have a minus. It's just oh. it's just a zero. Sixteen. Okay. <laughs> great, great. Did you add jack your of jack? all trades? Thank you very much. Okay, yeah, there you go. Um, well, you know what? That sixteen. As you are thinking about it, you do remember your father mentioning somebody by the name of Aramaeus. Okay, and you realize. It was one of it was one of the people that he would send to review his articles. When he was writing something, he would send things to Aramaeus to get feedback. Do I know him? <laughs> yeah, he uh, he was your next door neighbor. <laughs> that sounds right. So, anything else you all want to look at on these on these diagrams or anything? I think I would like to get a sense of the staff's involvement in this spell. Mm. And Great. perhaps what the staff does and just take a little closer look at that. Totally. Because I know staffs. Yeah. So you look at it closely and you realize that it has the power to cast a, a spell. Hmm. It can cast call lightning at its base spell level, which I believe is three. Yes. And it regains the ability to do so at the next do fall. At the next do fall. What is dew? Bad. What do you mean dew? Oh, as in like rain? the next time the dew falls, like every yeah, day. Yeah, either when it rains or yeah, in the middle of the night. Basically, once a day, in short. <laughs> Unless you're in a really dry spot, in which case maybe maybe never, maybe never. The barren lands. Okay, so this step is not. It don't just go with my outfit. I could be like shocking motherfuckers, literally and metaphorically. Oh, uh, yes, I I think you could. It's as I say, it is very powerful and was protected by uh, the Koros for a long time for good reason. It was carried into many a battle. Some say that that lightning scar down its its haft was what gave it its power to begin with. It was a scepter of a king, and he carried it into the battle. And lightning came down and struck it, and and then extended to destroy his enemies. And this is where the power of th- the, I'm sorry, I'm rambling again. Or well, somebody just like dropped it, and it cracked a little bit. I suppose that could have <laughs> happened too. But you know, it makes a good story, don't yeah, you think? I mean, you know, I'm not gonna lie. It is a good story. You know, I like a good myth, like a little bit of mythology, mythology, a little little lore drop. Yes, well, I I could drop much lore if you like. <laughs> drop it like uh, it's perhaps lore. as we drop as we like go up to to look at the the viewpoint and and see if we can we can discover anything else about. Sure, Yama, why don't you drop all your lore on me while we head up to the viewpoint? Yeah. Well, you know, it just seems like walk and talk. It could be a, do a, it. a fun thing to do. Okay, uh, so you uh, you all pack up bags and head out up towards the viewpoint. Uh, you pass through the these various rooms. And get to the spot where where you first entered the mountain, mm-hmm. and you see all these maps on the walls, and you see this kind of stately door leading off uh, in the opposite direction from the secret one that you went through. And Yama says, "That's that's the door that that led to to the viewpoint, and and far below Terra, 
Great. So onward and upward? Yeah, let's... Yes, yes, onward, upward. Let's go. The door is not easy to move. But I'm real strong. <laughs> so Yama steps up and tugs on the, the door. Hold on. I It didn't used to be this hard. Maybe I'll Yama, just... may I? Sure. (laughs) As you finally get this door open, you hear, you don't hear anything. You hear the echo of the grinding of this door. You hear the echo of your footsteps. You hear the echo of your breath almost. You can tell immediately that this stairwell leads so far in either direction. Mm. And almost unfathomable depth in this echo. Wow. <laughs> I want to roll. I want to roll to see see if I have if I can guess distance. I rolled a, a 19 on the die. Add whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Add whatever you want. <laughs> and as you step forward, I would like cross... the exact distance, bitch. I rolled oh, a 19. <laughs> on, on, okay. You'd estimate that it's probably between 1 and 200 feet up and an mm. unknown distance down. It's between one and 200 feet up and an unknown <laughs> distance down. I'm saying quietly under my bar. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I, I mean, that's when we looked at the blueprints. They told us. The, the <laughs> I have just sensed it. Ah, uh, yes, okay. <laughs> and as you... Julian is my guide. <laughs> as you step forward across the threshold, a soft purple light begins to glow from several spots along the walls. And Yama says, well, wouldn't you look at that? The Terran web lights are still working. You say that like it's a thing we're supposed to know what it is. Oh. Lord, don't please. Oh, sorry. It's just, <laughs> I, you know, these are magical lights and they, they connect to various central locations in Terra. And, well, they, you know, they, they haven't worked in the little spot where I live for for ages, they they got severed when the tunnel was closed. So I I wonder. Joe looks down at her cabbage keychain, uh-huh. and then looks up to Yama. How do they work? Well, uh, there are great great magical forges uh, similar to the one that you you just saw down there, but at a at a vastly different scale, um, and that do not run on flame. That run on the very energy from Rakatima itself that tap into the heat that comes from far below. And they channel energy, but you see, when a when a tunnel is closed, when Terra decides that it no longer wants to connect itself, it, it severs these connections. And so this must mean that the tunnel is still open. Terrence? Yama, what do you mean from Rakatima itself? Yes. Oh, well, from the, from, and he, he knocks on the, on the stone, from, from from the stone, you see deep down there. Are, have you ever seen a volcano? Have you ever heard of one? Yeah, yeah, like I've that. heard of one. Yeah, there's uh-huh. there's a, there's a bunch of hot rock. Uh huh. Yeah, and so it's it's not meant to be a pun, but it's rock hotima. Like rock hot, like <laughs> hot. Uh, Seriously, yeah, saw, pun saw, not intended. You saw okay. No, we're not gonna let you. You can't just breeze through that. We saw you realize what you were doing as you were doing it. <laughs> yeah, it and you were beautiful. like, and you're like, oh no, what have I done? And you said, I'm I not, can't I'm, wait to say uh, these words out loud. I'm in yes, the midst of I, saying them, and I'm so excited. This is how I came up with this name. It, it's, it's actually not. Um, just, to, just to be clear, everyone. <laughs> so the lights get their energy from 
the rock. Yes, well, you know... From Rakatima. Yes, certain people theorize that Rakatima is actually um, kind of a ball in shape, and that the, the whole center of the ball is molten, is, is liquid rock. Our world um, is a ball? That's what some people theorize, yes. I don't know if I completely understand it or, or so agree like with it. So like the sun. I guess we wouldn't be able to yes. say world yes, if like we didn't sun. know it was a ball. <laughs> Like the world, yes, no, like Rakatima, the world, that's what I mean, like from the world is where the, the heat comes from, so that's where the, the energy for the magics. As we're walking, yes. Yama, is there anything else that Rakatima powers other yes. than lights well, like these? Well, yes, I mean, that's what I'm saying, the the, the forges, the main the for- central oh. forges. So any any magical oh. objects that are crafted within Terra, which you know, the many magical objects are crafted in Terra and, and those all are, are built in these these forges. Yes. The World Forge. That's what this is called. Is the, this this is the World Forge? The World Forge is the biggest one. Yes. It's mm. yes, it's in it's in the central Terran city. Great. Well, we're on to this viewpoint, right? Because we gonna are we going Yes, no, we already? are walking. Yes. And as you walk up these stairs that feel like they go on forever, climbing a couple hundred feet through the raw stone of the mountain, uh, your legs begin to ache. But finally, you arrive at a small but well-built chamber that has what look to be window frames in all directions. However, the windows are filled with stone. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I can't see anything. Oh, right. I, they, I thought this was a viewpoint. No, but you it, can't it, see. it is. Be patient. I'm a little out of breath. We just uh, climbed several hundred feet, and I'm out of practice. We used to, I used to do that all the time when I lived in Terra. I'll just let you know. It's oh, I believe you, Yama. But, uh, uh, Titan goes just... over and like squeezes Yama's uh, arm. He's like, "Oh, yeah, no, you still, you still got that sinew." Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you've, you've got to. You out there solo in the wilderness? You know, mm-hmm. can't live in the woods if you can't peel an acorn. Well, you gotta. <laughs> Well, they're talking about peeling acorns. That's what they say. I would like to cast Define Sense in this upper chamber. Great. So you don't sense anything that that strikes a chord with with your Divine Sense. Mm. Nothing that is particularly corrupted. Nothing that feels similar to what was in that pool. I think I possibly feel... Again, where before if I was trying to go inside and sense the divine, I would feel a lift. I think this time mm-hmm. I still feel a, a centering and a deepness in my bones that is a little uncomfortable for poor Jesu. Okay. And as you are checking in with yourself, Nyama steps up to these windows. And just as he opened the, the doorways from the outer world into Terra before, he puts his hand up against these stone windows and then they seem to to open and he's able to pull back this stone as if it's a kind of a shutter affording you views in every direction and you see that it is a warm glowing sunrise you have arrived just as the sun is gracing the eastern horizon In front of the sunrise is the bay, looking off to the east, because the east is where the sun rises, everybody. Oh, even in this world? <laughs> even, even in, in Rakatima. Rakatima. <laughs> <laughs> I've changed many things, but trying to keep some consistent <laughs> so I don't completely lose my mind. 
And over Deephold Bay, you see the stone walls in silhouette because of the, the glowing orange behind them. The glowing orange seems to complement the big yellow banner of Deephold, uh, the, the Koro banner. And everybody give me a perception check. Mm. Can I use my smell to have advantage? <laughs> <laughs> you might smell uh, the rotting corpse of a dog nearby. Mm, yes. Okay, Nine. perception was 17 without advantage, but if you had let me use advantage, it would have been still 17. I had rolled a nat nice. one with just my snows. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Eight. I had a nine. I perceive. Yeah, you looking out, you kind of take a second look. You get distracted by all of these smells flying <laughs> through the air now that the windows are open, but but then you see that there's a what looks very, very small. It's like a speck from this distance. Some large winged creature is flying over Deephold. Stop. Dragons, dragons, dragons. <laughs> dragons, 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 dragons. <laughs> and you remember their their sigil is the osprey. The Not their sigil. Their, their crest. Crest is the osprey. Mm-hmm. And they, they have a roost of giant osprey. Oh. Osprey that are large enough to ride. And... The Baron and his family are the only ones that are allowed to ride these Osprey. And there looks to be a speck of a figure riding on top of this Osprey. Coming this way? No, no, just uh, just kind of tooling about. Over the over Baron. The, over the Baron's Lance. fortress. Uh, you continue to look around, all three of you, and you can see the, the city of Stormhaven there beginning to wake up. You might see some movement in the streets from this distance. Do I see June? I would like to make a perception check to find June. Great, make a perception check. Five. <laughs> so as you're, as you're thinking about, well, where was June? Uh, you look off to the south and you see that there's some morning fog, which is pretty common actually, blowing in off the open ocean into the bay. Mm-hmm. And then you, your eyes track down and you, and you look to see if you can spot June. And instead, you see two figures moving around. Oh, no. Not where June was exactly, coming up the hill from the direction of Longstrom, same way that you came, and they are not wearing the yellow uniform of Koro soldiers. Um, you get a five. Um, nice. Yeah, so I, Joe notices that Titan is yeah. looking and decides to check it out. Sure. Why don't we all just... Well, that's a 19 I'll let you keep roll, riding on that uh, 17 if you want. Great. Jasu. I did see an osprey in the distance with someone riding on it, so hopefully Perception I would notice some people. 21, 21, I got a 21. <laughs> yeah, so you uh, you see Titan looking down, and you go over and you look down as well, and you you get this feeling in your gut, and you, you look again, and yeah, it's got to be them. It is them. the unmistakable mm-hmm. black leather and chain of Daphne oh, and fuckers. Carl. Daphne and Carl, what the fuck are they doing here? I'm so sorry. Can we remind me which ones Daphne and Carl were? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're the ones that stole your water or tried to. Oh, that's to. right. That's right. Okay, okay. Fuck them. Honestly, though, after everything that I've been through, <laughs> they seem like small chickens. <laughs> 
And uh, as you say that, Jasu, you look off in the other direction where it's a, a little bit darker, but honestly easier to see because you're not looking into the sun. I would never not look into the sun. And you see on the far side of the mountains, which is the direction that June was running to, there is down along the barren coast there on the far side of this mountain range, an entire army <gasps> of yellow clad soldiers. <gasps> A host of Baron Koro's men and women and soldiers and fighting people, non-binary folks. We're doing great. As well. <laughs> yep. Nailed it. Nailed, Nailed it. it. A huge Nailed army. It. Please continue. Who else is, is there? Is marching. Also along. a dog and the cat. But not. Probably some. And a couple dogs. More dogs. And are... some of the dogs are girls and some of the cats are boys. And, and... <laughs> you do not see a giant osprey, though. There are no giant ospreys which uh, you take note of because you just saw one, uh, which means that the Baron is probably not with this army. The Baron is probably still back at the fortress. And then you look down at the very tip of the peninsula, and they look to be marching directly towards Typhon Head, which is the fortress, uh, which up until recently was occupied by the forces of Duke Duke de Largo. Mm. And... Duke de Largo recently pulled the military installation out, and it is becoming an orphanage. In fact, you know, the school opened recently to great success and is filled. Is Typhon You're head telling in me- the direction of Storm or of Longstrom? I'm sorry. Wait, 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 wait. I just want to... You're telling me they send an army to take over an orphanage? It kind of looks that way. It looks like they're sending an army towards a, a fortress that has recently become an orphanage. I regret nothing when it comes to the fucking June. Yeah, and and so it looks like there are, as far as how to get to Typhon Head, the way that you best know how to get there is to go back to Longstrom and then down the road. The shorter way, though, would be to go across these mountain peaks and to drop down onto Typhon Head from above. There's a third option, which is to go down the far side and to drop down onto the Baron Coast, which is where Baron Koro's forces are. Why would we be motivated to want to go to the army at all? I guess. Uh, I want to go. We need to save the orphans. Uh, <laughs> this is okay. so stupid. Okay, sure, sure, sure. We yeah, need yeah, to yeah, save yeah. the orphans. Mm. Uh, we must save the orphans. Sorry, I'm done. What is happening? This escalated so quickly. I. We got to get back to this town. We got to tell people what's happening. Nobody's going to know that there is this... Uh, host coming towards them we need to go towards the orphanage i do think we need to let people know we gotta go Hmm. do you think we need to let people in town know it might be too late by the time the army gets there i think we need to we're going to stop the army we should go (laughs) sulian will guide us did you see what happened with one person you just got rocked and help evacuate by one person does it look like we have time to get to get to town before the army is marching can we get to town and tell people what's happening or does that look like they're gonna see the army before we get there so like we're saying that we could go back to their town previous town and tell them what Mm -hmm. the fuck's happening or we could go to the orphanage and be like hey everyone get out or we could go meet the army right those are so you think you don't think you could beat the army to the orphanage if you went all the way back to Stormhaven. But Longstrom's kind of on the way. If you really wanted to make tracks and get to the orphanage as fast as possible, then you could take off across the mountain peaks. Uh, I see. Um, okay. Which, you know, might have some advantages. No, no, we should warn town. We should warn the town on the way. All right. Agreed. 
Yeah. Yama. Oh, yes. Fastest way back to town. Can you yeah. like, I don't know, like, can you send us through the earth or something like that? Oh, well, we could we could do it the way that we, we went last time. Okay, um, go, go, I gadget, suppose. rock, slide. Let's uh, go. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's just it's just that I didn't know that this tunnel walk was talk. open. Walk and talk. Walk and talk, to, Yama. To, you want to, okay, we can go go down. All right. Uh. What tunnel? Yama, what tunnel? What tunnel? Is this a tunnel we see that we've like already acknowledged? No, or is this, this a new one, tunnel? the staircase. I'm sorry. I'm just having a bit of an emotional, I didn't realize that I would see a, a pathway back to my homeland today. It's a bit of a surprise. I, I'm walking. Okay, I'm walking. <laughs> I've come to uh, be very comfortable in my life, and I don't think I knew how much I missed mm-hmm. that purple You know, glow. being able to bathe, you know, money, having other people around. Yeah, you know, it's great to go on your vision quest. It's great to, like, you know, have some time some, in a silent retreat. But it's you know what also is great? Other, other people, you know, yes. hot meals that somebody else made. It has fashion. So it's the tunnel that we walked up from with before. the purple glowing lights. That was what we took up to this, was the staircase with purple glowing lights. That we just are in right now as we're walking and we're talking. I'm saying that this staircase leads down into Terra, and I know that because the purple lights are on. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Okay, great. But if you come down with me, then we're going to Terra. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Okay. So as fast as we can go through Terra to get to town faster, is that what you're trying to tell no, us? No, no, I don't think so. Great. Okay. I, Yama. Yes. I need you to listen to me very closely, Yama. I'm listening. You saw that army, yes? You saw it? Yes. Great. We need to get to Longstrom and we need to tell people that they're about to get yes. bumped in the butt in a way that they don't want to be bumped in the butt. And we need to let them All know right. as quickly as possible, okay? Well, let's well, take a beat. Okay. So Yama hasn't seen his family in how long? And you're saying this is the first time you like you didn't think you were going to be able to go back home ever and this could be your opportunity? Yes, because I didn't want to come in to this tower well, and Why? Well, uh, I'm walking, okay? I'm walking, yes. It's a long path, so we can walk and talk. Um, well, you see, I, uh, I think I've, I've just felt kind of guilty about what happened when the dragon came. What do you have to feel guilty about? What happened? Well, I, uh, when, when the dragon came, you, you see that day I had, I had been helping the Baron and Aramaeus, actually needed to go into the mountain they had business to do and I never asked them what their business was because that was not part of my job my job was simply I was a doorman basically they couldn't Mm. open the door to Terra so they hired me to do it and that's why you live paid paid very well yeah well yes yes and so I um I let them in and then uh there was a storm brewing a big storm that day and uh so after I let them out I went to I went to look at the storm, and while I was looking at the storm, there was a a, a, a huge flash in the sky. It was like a like a fireball screaming through the through the heavens, and and it it smashed into the tower and destroyed much of it. Cre- made that crater, which then you know filled up with with water. It it uh... anyway that that wasn't even the worst of it. Because then, as people were streaming out and trying to figure out what was going on and help help others out of the rubble and um, out of the storm clouds that that just massed up so quickly, just the, the fastest storm clouds I'd ever seen roll in, and 
a foaming white and blue dragon emerged and started just unleashing a wrath upon the tower and i was i was i was off i had i had gone to look at the storm so i was i was not in the tower i was i was nearby i was running back to try to see if i could help and the and the dragon was absolutely terrifying and and my, my my boss was was there he was um, standing up on 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 top of the, the destroyed battlements and he was asking he was calling out he, he said uh, we need to hide we're all going to die we need to get into the mountain and i i i did nothing i stayed out out here and um hmm. and they all well, so I've never, I've never wanted to come back here. Um, so, so I didn't check to see if the tunnel was still open. I put my hand on Yama's shoulder, and I say, "Guilt doesn't always serve you. You should go home." Yes. Well, now here's another time where you need my help and oh my gosh I think we we only have a short time now of walking before we get to the the fork in the road but I I I should help you I think you do you Yama I think we'll be able to make it down okay if you want to come with us we'll, we would appreciate your help but I think that if you need to go home you go home and you don't need to worry about any guilt from us okay Yama when I don't know what to do I pray all right and it helps yes would you like to pray with me yes we can walk we can do a walk and pray I like bow my head like awkwardly while I'm walking down the stairs, and then I ask Sulian for guidance as Yamam decides how best to help himself, the people around him, and his family. And it is at this moment that you are arriving at this junction, and Yama says, "You know, I thank you." Uh, for that prayer and fuck it it's just a hike in the woods I'll go and try to help you through and then I can come back and go down the tunnel how's that tunnel's not going anywhere okay. tunnel's not going anywhere I can come back here of course you can all right let's go <laughs> and you all burst back into that first antechamber you're moving fast now that you feel the urgency of what you saw from the viewpoint up above and do you head out out of the mountain into oh the... yeah we are trying to go yeah. we got places to go people to <laughs> save so as you leave this chamber out into the bright sunlight you see daphne and carl Aye. they're at the banks of the river of this little stream and just outside of the courtyard walls and you see them turn their heads up at you as the movement startles them you see carl kind of like pokes his nose forward trying to see who who it is and Daphne just folds her arms and she says well look who we have here and that is where we will <laughs> end <laughs> our <laughs> session fuck these bitches ah <laughs> Great, someone All to take out our rage on it's going to be fantastic yeah, <laughs> can't wait you. to drink their blood <laughs>
for Jasu. Amazing, everybody. Yay. Okay. Let's shift gears into some dirty crit. Sit back, crack dirty a beer. Crit. Let's talk about all that shit. Man. <laughs> There's some unexpected shit that came up this episode. I did I did not expect to go to an emotional place as an NPC. I'm I'm honestly gonna say. Oh, I loved it. Oh, I yeah. Loved it. What was Good. like? Did Good. you did you you knew the entire time that the tower was that tower was gonna be able to or or was it kind of a discovery in the moment that oh this was a way for him to get back to his homeland? Oh oh I no I I knew all of that. I thought I did not expect to feel emotional i didn't ah. expect to like mm. have it be like some kind of the uh, best uh, D games are the games where all of a sudden people are crying <laughs> because someone made up some shit and mm. you're now really emotional over it yeah Love yeah it. totally because honestly when it first came up it was like oh here's the perfect way for this little mini arc of this npc to end and and for you all to say goodbye and like oh you have helped him to sort of accomplish something in his life and like mm. cause change in his own life and and for some reason i never anticipated that that change would also involve like some kind of growth <laughs> mm. <laughs> like genuine mm, mm. yeah i don't know it's like some of us are actors or have acted and it's like you know, your body doesn't know the difference a lot of times. Like it just like that vibration yeah. that is the same. And oh, totally. you don't like, you know, I guess intellectually that like something's not real, but it's like the experience of it is the same experience physically um, as if like, you know, something happened in your life that in, you in intellectually understood as like, oh, this is something that is affecting me emotionally. And then having that response um, but it's the same physical feeling. So um, I think that's one of the really cool things about, you know, role play, about fantasy, about all, all of this stuff is just to like, it's just like kind of a, uh, can be a safer place to experience stuff that can be really tough and just to see like, oh, wow. Like uh, see how you would respond, see how like what what's useful what's not useful and just to like have the have the experience in a, like a more in a in a safer more controlled way yeah yeah it's a good reminder of this conversation is a good reminder of that because i felt like there was a moment when joe was talking to jasu about feeling like she failed jasu that me kylie and i guess joe i like felt emotional but it was like oh this is this is dg like mm -hmm. and i i felt like i kind of pulled back mm. in that moment but it's like i don't have to do those things yeah. so this conversation is a good reminder yeah i mean it's actually great that you point that out though because i feel like sometimes i feel like if i'm playing a game with folks that i'm getting almost too into it and then i'm like oh i need to i need to pull back hmm. i need to whatever i need to rein myself in but i think part of that is that unlike joshua and torsten we're not actors and so like mm -hmm. it's for at least i think i mean at least for myself like i feel really uncomfortable all of a sudden because i'm like oh like i'm experiencing these feelings or these these emotions that i know aren't necessarily rational in fact they are not rational because they have absolutely nothing to do with the real world but i'm feeling them and now i'm like oh okay and so i freak out a little and pull back mm -hmm. and so it's it's cool to uh, experience it because i think part of what I've seen from 
Joshua and Torsten playing with both of you is that both of you are so willing to just be in it and be like, yeah, and I'm feeling those things and that's okay and super valid. And that's really cool. It's like adds to the to the game. It brings up, uh, that makes me think about something that sometimes we talk about, because I, you know, I teach actors as well, but and it's something that comes up, but it's that's all great. And I, I want us to be able to, like DNA, if you feel that thing, to be able to lean into it and be like, okay, let's see what happens. But it's also important, because you don't know the difference, it's important to figure out like, oh, right, and how do I get back to <laughs> a composed mm-hmm. human being who can mm-hmm. move throughout the world? And I don't have a 100% great answer. I know things that I have suggested people to do, but it's like, because it can feel so real, it, like you do, I think having some things in place and, you know, this this is might be good for people's tables as well, but like, how do you come back to this place, come back to the, you know, I don't want to say the world, real world, but like, you know, your your day to day, your baseline. How do you get back to baseline after going through some stuff? Yeah, great question. Yeah. Do you have tips? Uh, humor? Yeah, so do you have anything that you feel is appropriate to share like in shorthand for the podcast? Or I would understand no if it felt like, oh no, you got to take my class, Kylie. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean like, uh, a plug. so honestly, I got some of the, like the, like when somebody's like in a very, like has gotten, is in like a state um has gotten someplace emotional and they're like having trouble just like not being present then it's just about making uh, giving them tools to be able to feel present it's like okay mm-hmm. let's and i got this from you diana that it's like all right literally like name five things that you can see th- four things that you can touch three things that you can sm- hear here and mm-hmm. two things that you can smell one thing that you can taste and it's like literally just like all right i'm gonna focus on my senses one by one and hopefully that can help me get back to the what's happening in this moment. Because the thing that upset me, no matter what it was, is something that already happened. Uh, it's not happening right now, especially you know in terms of like this D and D or like in an acting class. It's like it happened. Yep, it did. The but and like the right vibrations you can continuously feel. But we also, I think, we also have a way of like re-triggering ourselves by like oh oh that happened and like let me think about it again and and now i'm thinking about it again it keeps getting worse it keeps getting worse Mm -hmm. and this is it's not a way to deal with the thing itself but it can help you get back to okay i'm at a baseline place and now i can actually think about whatever that thing was that was difficult yeah Yeah, that's one for an individual yes Mm -hmm. that but uh, as a group, there's a lot of people that like in rehearsal rooms, um, you'll do like little rituals to like start the day and you'll do a little ritual to like end the day. Mm-hmm. Like if you, you know, if you're doing like, because I, I was a vocal coach on um, uh, Death of a Salesman and it's a pretty heavy show. Plug. Uh, plug. It's real fucking uh, good. Go see it. Go see it. It's really, really, really good. good. Really sad. You're going to cry. Uh, Wendell Pierce, Sharon D. Clark are crushing it. Bring tissues. <laughs> But in the rehearsal room, whenever we would do a run of the show, it's like we would all stand in a circle. Everybody who was going to be in the room that day we would stand in a circle. And we would literally like, we would all like kind of raise our hands together in this big circle. And we'd pull this circle down onto the floor. Like we like stand, breathe together. Mm. We'd reach up and we'd pull it all down. And then we would start. 
And then at the end of the sh- at the end of the show, we get back in the circle, and it's like, great, all that stuff that we just like went through and harness, whatever. We're gonna all stand, hear each other, everybody's gonna look at each other, and we're gonna reach down and pull this circle back up and release it back out into the world. It's like a really mm-hmm. quick thing, you know. It took like fifteen seconds, mm-hmm. fifteen thirty seconds, but it's just like was a yeah. reminder that like yes, we literally we did go through something, mm-hmm. and now it's done. That's lovely. It's thank you. For I love that. that, and it's 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 making me think that like D and D doesn't always isn't always so emotional and so heavy, right? Sometimes it's real light and real fun, and sometimes you have no idea what the. I mean, most of the time you have no idea where the game's gonna go, right? Like you're rolling to die, so you might die at any moment. Who knows? <laughs> I think that like what's really great about that concept of like bringing a group in and bringing a group out is also that. I've found it, and I think I've mentioned this before, like I found it hard at times to be like, oh, I'm saying that as my character. Deanna's not saying that. Please don't think Deanna's saying that. That, My character is saying that. And Mm -hmm. by like doing that sort of idea, and this is what I did when I DM'd, which I found really useful too, which is like we, every time we play, or right before we played the game, it was like, oh, uh, as a reminder, no one is themselves right now we're not no one's talking about like when you say words you're talking from your character you're not talking from you and we all know that um and like being able to like say that and put that in the space every time i do feel like can be helpful uh at least for me because it's a reminder like oh yeah i don't need to like Mm -hmm. be like yeah i say something really like a like a fucking asshole but i do that because of my character please don't hate me (laughs) it's good for the story (laughs) yeah that's one of the things that i was gonna add i feel like when that imagination is really, really strong, when I've really set myself up with a clear idea of what the circumstances of this other character are, then I can go all sorts of places as that character and it's not hard to let go of it all because I know that it's imaginary. Like, honestly, with Yama, I didn't expect it to ever be emotional, but I've been, like, I wrote that story a long time ago and have known known what Yama's Mm -hmm. history was for a really long time and lived with it and was kind of waiting for when it would come up naturally and not like (laughs) try to force it and and so that just made it even more surprising that that it actually like got it all emotional but it it didn't feel hard to let go of if anything it, it felt cathartic it was like oh that was that was awesome I got to go experience these like you were saying Joshua it's like I got to have this physical experience this like psychophysical Hmm. emotional experience that then i can just drop because it was this weird short dude named yama who lives in the stormcrest mountains yeah yeah 10 out of 10 i fucking love D &D, everyone (laughs) yeah seriously the the this was a this was a no dice uh no dice for the dm episode um oh we didn't roll dice much either we it was a lot of just checks uh yeah, yeah some ability stuff. checks for yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm sure we'll eat our words next week. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the second, yeah, it's the second session in a row with no combat. Oh yeah, I like Which... the yeah. I I think I'm excited to hear more about Titan's father situation. Mm. I don't know what you're talking about. I think it will be very fun <laughs> to learn about the history <laughs> with that. What else happened? What else happened this session? We just went into a tower and saw that there was an army coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Saw the army. How how oh, is everyone yeah. feeling about that? Well and about an army. And because it feels like there was some some crit coming up when people were starting to realize that they were marching towards an orphanage. There is an army. Again, 
just putting it out there, army, fully fledged, decked out adults with weapons going to take over an orphanage that feels a little like overkill. You know what I mean? I, like, yeah, yeah. I think Joe, and this could be her naivete, is like, obviously shit's going down. She's not, like, I'm not in denial. She's not in denial about that. But it's almost like, wait, this can't be what it looks like, right? Like, there must be more here that, even if they just want to take over the building, like, they're not going to kill children, is what I think Joe is feeling. Mm-hmm. And so it just feels like there's a lot of gaps for her that... I think she's feeling a sense of urgency, but maybe not as much as yep. who you are. not targeting civilian infrastructure? Also, where are the rules of war? <laughs> yeah, so that's I and and I'll, I'll mention this uh, even though this is blurring the lines between gameplay and and uh, this part of the show. But um, you did see all those maps down there from when the Koro family had much more power, and they controlled Typhonhead. They controlled most mm-hmm. of the this region with the exception of the biggest city. Stormhaven was never in their control. Um, but Typhonhead is a powerful fortress that they used to control. Um, Can you send us a map again? Yeah, send <laughs> sure. us a map again. Yeah, I know you did map. at one point. I, Ooh, we could I post just don't know too. if I could like, dig yeah, it. Yeah, we could I post one. I think I want to see things. Yeah, listeners, that actually that's, that's a great segue. Um, listeners, I have two questions for you. One, do you want a map posted? My dad, no, like, my dad is immediately me... typing yes onto any okay, good. on every platform. It doesn't matter. It's just like he put it into <laughs> Google at this moment. He said yes. I don't know. I'm typing it. Well, because the like you know the weird scrawl on a napkin that I would send you three is different than what I would make to to post for my sister for the Juliana listeners. has sent you an email. Please check your <laughs> yeah. remember that map you sent us, and maybe this was the old map. It but is it, the old map, but yeah. it was cute though. Like, right, it so was I would not try just... to make a cute one. I yeah, would. okay. But for you, for for you now, I don't sure. have that. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, so a I napkin you a, map is fine. I would send you a napkin map today. <laughs> and then my other question is, with reference to what we what we were just talking about the the combat, how much combat do you like? Do you like having combat every episode, or do you like these episodes where we don't have it all the time? Curious. Also, how much money would you pay us so that I could do my ASMR podcast? <laughs> how much? Any takers? Bid starts at five million dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's good to dream big. Great, awesome. Well, I can't wait for next time. Deanna, anything you want to plug? Yep, I have a lot of things, and I don't remember any of them. Oh no, vote! Everyone, go fucking vote, vote right now. I mean, God. I don't know when this is coming out, it's so it might be after the election. If you did not vote this. during these midterms, and if you do not vote generally, I'm coming to your house and I'm knocking on your door. If you have the ability to vote, please do so. Thank you so much. All right. Okay, that's it. Good plug. Makes me wish that this was out by then, but yeah, it that's- won't be. That's okay. In two weeks. So that, yeah. I, yeah. No, go back and vote. Go. You're hearing this afterwards. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go back in, <laughs> go back in time. time. Yeah. Vote that's in the, every yeah, election. Maybe that's, vote. <laughs> maybe that's my plug. If you didn't vote because you're not registered, if it's too late for you now, like go register mm-hmm. now so you're set up for success yes. next yeah. time, which hopefully you just you voted. But just in case, we won't shame you. Just yeah, a no shame. Bit, maybe. And if you but, need like, any resources or help, please feel free to contact me truly at any time. I will happily help Deanna's you. Deanna's cell phone number is. Yeah, I will truly <laughs> happily help you. Joshua, anything you want to play? No, vote, y'all. Just go out there and vote. <laughs> I think that's Tor? it. 
Uh, wait, Kylie, did you plug something? Yep, that yeah, that was my plug. Yeah, you said vote too. I also said vote. Wait, I said even if you didn't vote, so just you, register. So wait, but now it feels like I have to say you vote do. because I. Torsi doesn't want to say gonna, vote. Torsi doesn't think that voting wanna, is an important. Say civil yes right. and it's fine. Yes and yes, I I want to plug multiple things. I want to plug voting. I also want to plug Balin Wagner because we have talked Aww. about him too much. We talk about him a lot. To actually thank him for the beautiful music that he makes yeah. and the inspiration that he is to us all. I honestly think that Balin should get an executive producer credit on this podcast because- Well, let's not take it too far. <laughs> <laughs> he introduced some of us to each other in very critical ways. I only know any of you because of Balin. And he is my go-to writing uh, writing assistant. When I am wondering what to do next in this campaign, I call him up. <laughs> so basically every episode oh, okay. and ask him for advice. So big thank you to Balin. And if you haven't had enough of us by this point, then you can head on over to our Patreon for more. Find the link on our socials at When Crit Happens. Crit on them, everybody. See ya. Bye. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the show, everyone. Special thanks to Cullen Fitzpatrick for our theme music and original musical underscoring by Wormwood, Balin Wagner, and Benjamin Bergdorf. We'd love to hear from you. Reach us on Instagram at WhenCritHappens or shoot us an email to WhenCritHappens at gmail.com. Full episodes come out every other Wednesday. On the off weeks, exclusive content is released for our members. Head over to Patreon.com slash WhenCritHappens to join the community. Thanks for listening.